This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, of course, it's my one and only dear co-host. It's Hans. Yeah. I <laughs> I love the energy you just brought after that Sorry, introduction. I opened the... Uh, so that I could share the link, and then I and then you started watching. You. you got so like, occupied, yeah. entranced by like, yourself. On it's the like, is stream. it you being nice on stream, or is this the video that we're supposed to be sharing right now? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just sharing this right now. Cause is there anyone in here? There isn't, right? There's probably nobody but, in here as of yet. But for those who are going to be rewinding back to the start of this stream, go over to Patreon.com/slash/Lores and subscribe to the five dollar tier. To watch the episode we just did on the new Benny Safdie, Nathan Fielder show, The Curse, where we also talked about your favorite new show of the holiday season, Squid Game, The Challenge. Which you will be watching, um, and then we will cover in the future. There's only five episodes out. I, I don't know if uh, if that's it, or if, because I, I didn't make it that far. Uh, can't or is this more challenge? Or is it more coming? Because uh... there has to be more. Because there's what, like 300 contestants on that show. <laughs> Let me see. There's quite Wikipedia. a few. It's going to be a standard 12 episode season. I'll will, I'm willing to bet you right now. 10 episodes. The okay. last episode comes out on December 6th. There's five episodes on November 22nd that came out. Then there's five episodes coming out on, sorry, one, two, three, four episodes coming out on November 29th. And then the last episode is coming out of November 6th. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, looking forward to you liking it more than me and then just me cursing at you for liking well, it. Well, I think that's a given. I think, I, you know, I'm, I've got a inclination to like many of these competition-based process of elimination shows, I think I have a higher tolerance point for it than you do. So I wouldn't be surprised if I do wind up liking it, but uh, I do have low expectations for it. Everything that I've seen from Twitter, or X rather, everything I've seen uploaded there has not really whet my appetite. And I don't like, I don't like challenge shows or competition shows where the people aren't being voted out by the other people, for the most part. Yeah. I, I like a good strategy game you know and there's not you can strategize obviously with a competition show but there is only a certain point you can reach before it's like okay well now you're gonna have the best muscles you're gonna have the best endurance here you're gonna have something that's gonna propel you over the finish line and i like good old-fashioned scheming yeah you, you like it better when people are just forging alliances i like they when try people to do that. are horrible with one another yeah, they try to do that here, but but it's a lot of like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to let down my team of three hundred people that I haven't met. You know, they believe in me, and I need to do right by them, otherwise they'll be mad at me. And it's just like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't work with what the show is supposed to be. But uh, yeah, it's it's bad. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say though, just because maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just very. Um, biased and negative about it and uh and you'll have a different um out outlook on it but well, you know uh, what i've heard i heard there's a big twitter rumor going around that you have jars of your pee in the fridge what me we're going to be this... talking about eli ross thanksgiving today now this is the big treat of yeah. the holiday season i know you're a big eli roth head i'm a big eli roth head 
We love to see a filmmaker from Massachusetts uh, come up and be successful, of course. Thanksgiving, yeah. it's something that's been in development for a long time since the Grindhouse double feature was released in theaters. And what was that, 2007? 2007, yeah. That is quite a while ago. And I feel like most of those movies have been adapted into feature films at this point. It should have stayed as a trailer, I think. I don't think the Edgar Wright was ever... What is it? The, there's someone in the house or something don't. like that? Don't write. Don't. About, about, yeah. Why don't we watch Which... the... Why don't you pull up the Grindhouse trailer to Thanksgiving and we'll give that a watch real quick, just for a comparison. Because you just watched this movie from 2023 today. Yeah. And it's it's bad. Oh, it's daily bad. motion. Is that where I'm going to find it? Hopefully. No, come on. I will say, though, I tried to find the Thanksgiving trailer from 2007 on YouTube and someone uploaded it 14 years ago in two parts. They said Thanksgiving trailer part one, and then you had to watch part two. So I guess they got limited after a minute. I got it. Um... YouTube 15 years ago is fucking stupid. All right, let's take a look at the Thanksgiving trailer found in Grindhouse from 2007, directed by Eli Roth. If Hans can pull it up in time. Okay, this is from Sean Blue right? Digital, 477 views <laughs> one year ago. Go like and subscribe. This is not the movie at all, by the way. This is not... Do you live nearby to Plymouth? I don't. Kenny lives in Plymouth, actually. What an uninvited guest has arrived. This year, there will be no leftovers. Okay, so you get this scene in the movie. Yeah, he did crib most of the trailer for the film and recontextualized it. You got this scene too. Mm -hmm. Oh, 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 uh -oh. No. let's not oh, get, no. oh no. <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. We should have anticipated that. I mean, Hey, it's on YouTube, right? should be all right. Yeah. What the hell? Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, I forgot that he put himself in it. How do you feel about Eli Roth as an actor? The same way I feel about him as a director. Oh, Jesus. It's like, he's, it's whatever. It's fine. I think I've only seen him on what? Inglourious Bastards? Well, he's in I'm... all of his films, I believe, or most of them. Okay, so I watched that immediately after leaving the theater, and my feeling was, why didn't we get that movie? 
Yeah, the trailer is better than what we got. I was about to say that. Um, it's the same situation we were talking about when we were getting into The Curse and then the Scott Pilgrim anime show that's on Netflix right now, where I think, similar to Edgar Wright, who did another trailer for Grindhouse, Eli Roth is a little too aware of what his expected style might be. Mm. And he tried really hard to veer away from that. And what you wind up getting with this Thanksgiving movie from 2023 feels like, to me anyway, that MTV, later VH1, Scream television series. It feels like a Fear Street style movie of, of slasher film for the Gen Z audience that thinks that they want a slasher movie, but in actuality, they want something like pretty sterile. It uh, It's weird because I felt like it had some things from modern horror that I find very annoying, which is uh, very unlikable characters, very boring characters that don't really do much. Horrendous dialogue that feels unnatural. And then just gore for the sake of it. Um, th that initial scene where you have the Black Friday thing that we were talking about in the previous episode. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then uh, what's her name? Gets her skull ripped open because her hair gets caught in a car, which wouldn't... I'm not saying that her hair can't get caught in a cart. But that would never happen. So then you're just like, oh, okay, so you just want. Well, hold on a second. I, I feel like abiding by the rules of reality is the least of the problems here with this Thanksgiving movie. But it's just gore for the sake of it, and I hate that. You know, it's but it's like, Eli well, Roth. But that's 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 what I wanted to get into <laughs> because I know that he's like a Massachusetts legend. I know he's your favorite horror director, but uh, I think he sucks. I think he's not good. And I, I think, think Rob Zombie is probably the better Massachusetts horror director. I mean, if I, if I, I honestly, it. I revisited, I actually watched like a four hour documentary about the making of Halloween, the one that he did. And I was like, oh yeah, actually, I think, I think it was pretty good. I think that movie was actually pretty good. And then I went back and I watched it. And I was like, nah, this, this fucking sucks. But I, I admired everything he did, all, all of the steps he took and the, art, the artistry of what that film wound up being, even if yeah. it's not my cup of tea. And I feel like with Eli Roth, I, not long after watching Thanksgiving in the theater, I went and I watched Hostel. And I was like, yeah. did I just misremember? Like, was it because that sort of thing was so rare at the time that this was good this was considered good my experience with hostel was i had a friend who um you know i was very close with he gave me a bootleg dvd of hostel and it was the talk of the town it was like this movie's really gory it's insane you have to watch it and then i watched it and it was pretty gory yeah it was pretty pretty bad for the time i liked it i liked hostel quite a bit so i went back and i watched it recently and no, I think Hostel's still good. I think Hostel really? actually holds up. And okay. the look of Hostel is so much better than Thanksgiving. That I think that might be my biggest complaint with this film is just Thanksgiving looks so boring. And the trailer we got in the Grindhouse feature is not boring at all. I mean, it, they obviously rely on the 1970s and 1980s. It feels very, what was it, um, Black Sunday or what was the Black Christmas? It feels Black like Christmas, that. Yeah. It feels like a Bob Clark horror movie. And that's awesome. 
I think Which that's is great. great. E- yeah, exactly. Yeah, the uh, font is fun. You know, the font on this, look at the thumbnail for this show. That font isn't fun. That's not a fun slasher movie. But they know that if they market it to the TikTok Gen Z audience, it'll make its money back, and it did make a lot of money. It had a very low um, second week drop compared to other horror movies as well. So. You know, they did something right here with this movie, but it doesn't feel like the fun Thanksgiving movie that we were promised back in 2007. Well, and that's how you fuck it up, too, because if you if you show a trailer that has a lot of style and it has that retro feeling to it, and then what you get once you get the, I guess, budget to make the movie is just, uh, like you said, MTV level quality show, then you're just kind of like, oh, why did anyone give you money? And my issue with Eli Roth is that I'm looking at his IMDb right now. All of his movies are that. All of his movies have an interesting trailer that you're just like, okay, cool. I I see where you're doing. I see what you when you want to go with this. And then you watch the movie, you're just kind of like, okay, I oh, once again, I've been fooled by Hollywood's darling, uh, Hollywood's new Stephen King, Eli Roth, who's attached to literally anything that has to do with a little bit of horror in Hollywood. And I'm supposed to pretend that he's good when let's look at his uh, um, filmography. You got Hemlock Grove. You have Great Inferno. Well, hold on. Hemlock Grove was an early attempt at doing a horror se- I mean, think about it. Only 10, 15 years ago, the idea of a horror series was pretty pretty alien to anybody who watched any sort of television. Obviously, the 1970s, you had Dark Shadows. You had yeah. Kolchak, but Kolchak was not a success. Kolchak was canceled after one season. Dark Shadows, the audience for that was not a horror audience. It was a soap opera audience. So they knew how to you know, gear that program to who was available at the time. Goosebumps is better than Hemlock Grove. Goosebumps is creepier than Hemlock Grove. I haven't seen seen Hemlock Grove, but I remember it not getting a good Rotten Tomatoes score back when that mattered. That's what I remember about it. It came out at the same time as American Horror Story premiering, I believe, which was around, what, 2010, 2011, 2012? What, Hemlock Grove? That's 2013. Okay, it was around that time. I just remember being in Enfield, Connecticut and spending time at an ex's house and being uh, subjected to American Horror Story and she wanted to watch Hemlock oh. Grove and that was when I bowed out and fell asleep. So that was yeah. that was around that time, that, that bubble of things. And this one obviously didn't take off. I feel like it lasted, what, two seasons? Hemlock Grove? Uh, that was an, a Netflix original too, wasn't it? Wasn't it HBO? No, no. It was definitely, it had to have been, it had to have been Netflix. It was Uh, right when Netflix was getting into the game of doing their original programs because it was around the time of Orange is the New Black and shows like that. It was two seasons, 2013. Yeah, Netflix, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Famke Jensen, Bill Skarsgård. Rod Tomatoes, 38%. IMDb, 7 out of 10. Uh, I just, I see him as like, um, and it sucks because I, I I see that he tries to at least add gore and add like shocking visuals. 
but I'm just uh, always so underwhelmed whenever I, I I see one of the movies that he's directed. Uh, Cabin Fever, Hostel. Hostel might be the one, but just because it's so graphic and when it came out, what do you have? Saw maybe that was maybe close to that to that genre. So fine, I'll give him Hostel. But then Green Inferno was a big disappointment disappointment to me i think that trailer was so much better than what we ended up getting in that movie knock knock is it just goofy knock knock i actually think is knock knock is kind of slept on i think that's an underrated one in his filmography but it also suffers the same problem that this movie has where it's just you know the style is diluted and it's not it's not particularly memorable for any reason other than having keanu reeves as the lead yeah because it came out of nowhere it was kind of like Keanu's in a first of all Eli Roth directed two movies in one year and he didn't Green Inferno got held up in post-production for some reason and I'm hearing that's the problem with his new Borderlands movie he directed an adaptation of Borderlands with Kevin Hart and I I think there's been a lot of trouble on that film where to the point where they had to like scrap whatever was done like basically what Disney is doing right now where if it's in production if it's in post they're like hold up we're not releasing this we're going to reshoot the entire thing from scratch. I think that something like that happened with Borderlands not long after he did a round of principal photography on the film. How do you feel about the Death Witch remake? I actually like that one. I think it's underrated. Oh, fuck you. I do. I do. It's true. I watched it on a mega bus too, on my phone. And it was like 240p. It was one of the free movies they gave you that was available. And I was like, you know what? I, I like Eli Roth. This looks terrible. Yeah. I'll give it a watch. And I watched it and you know, maybe it was just because I was stuck on a mega bus. It was not that I think, bad. I think you were, yeah. I'm glad that you were not getting your head cut off at a mega bus. So you so you were happy that you watched Bruce Willis's Death Wish. Uh I uh I had a very short lived Spanish movies podcast that didn't take off. And didn't what was the name list, of that show? Trace Amigos? It's, yeah, three stars uh, because we were making fun of one of our friends that uh, he pissed always... all over himself during a show and got embarrassed. And that's what ended the program, I think. If you know, he, if I remember, no, correctly. no, that was me on the early episodes of movies. Uh, that was but, you uh, on uh, Civic TV's The Unreleased oh, oh, Civic. <laughs> Just like I Love Money season three couldn't be released because Ryan Jenkins dismembered a hooker. Hans pissed all over himself in Civic TV season three, and now that season will never be seen. We did seven episodes of it. It came to a crashing halt. That was the last time anyone saw Anthony Sisko also, Civic TV season three, that John Cusack movie where you were puking in the bathroom. Yep. Rest in peace, Anthony Sisko. Who knows where he's at? Who knows? knows? He might be coming back. I don't know. Okay. Uh... (laughs) So you got that. You got the house with a clock in its walls. What the? What did you just a, do to your microphone right there? You sounded just, like Sam Hyde on Kickstarter t- TV just a second ago. You're you're getting blown out, and then you're going distant. I, I kissed it. I <laughs> I did a little because the house with the clock in its walls. Did you see that? That's a, I, that's uh, the only movie of his I have not watched because it reminds me of that Goosebumps remake with Jack yeah. Black. So I, I I haven't gone out of my way to see that. It just feels very not part of his filmography because it's a it's clearly commercial like he did it for money i mean i it kind of feels like he did this one for money too and i don't want more of this yeah but then you look at his produced movies and there's so he's directed um how many 20 
movies and shorts and documentaries. And then uh, there's 47 produced. And that's that's the thing with him that I feel like because of Hostel and because of, I guess, Cabin Fever, uh, he's just been attached to a lot of producing. Uh, and I, I don't... You have The Last Exorcism, which was horrendous. You didn't like that uh, one? I, no. I'll tell you what, as far as... I don't like Exorcist movies, aside from The Exorcist. I kind of enjoyed The Last Exorcism. Do you like The Ex Last Exorcism too? I never saw that one. Okay, so he did that one too. The Sacrament, which I think it's very underrated. West. Very underrated. It's, it only has like 6.1 on IMDb. I... Haven't seen it in, in a couple of years, but I well, did enjoy that. A here's lot. my relationship with The Sacrament. With The Sacrament, I thought it was a good movie. I, I recommended it to Jake Hanrahan, who was a vice journalist. Yes. And uh, I was like, yeah, you got to watch this movie. I remember it being good like 10 years ago. It was pretty solid. It was like a Jim Jones uh, yeah. death cult movie. And then he gave it a half a star on Letterboxd and was like, fucking shite or whatever the hell he said. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, all right, so I'm never recommending anything to this, to this man again. Um, yeah. So that was that was The Sacrament. And I thought The Sacrament was one of Eli Roth's better movies. You mean Ty West? Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember enjoying it. I think I've only seen it once, but that's also 2013 brain. So I don't know. I, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, clown, which is, I believe, that movie about a dad who wears a clown mask and then the mask sticks to his face and he can't he becomes get it the off. clown. That was another one I thought was pretty good. That came during the so there was a, a brief independent horror renaissance between 2013 and about 2016, and Clown was one of those movies where it floated beneath the radar. It went to video on demand the same day as theater. Like that was always a good litmus for getting an interesting and pretty decent quality horror film is okay theater and vod the same day that's where all these movies would sneak into and clown i remember being decent I remember being pretty good not especially know. memorable i haven't gone back to it since but i mean what do you want from me it's like the what is that kevin smith movie about a clown that gets pegged? fucked oh yeah. the clown that gets r-worded raped I'm yeah. sorry, YouTube. I'm sick of YouTubers bleeping the word rape and all bad, but not bad stuff <laughs> so they can make a dollar. Send some super yeah. chats right now, just in case we get demonetized here. Super yeah, chats, please. Saying that, yeah. Uh, he was a co-producer on Baywatch. I don't know if you knew this. Damn. Did you ever see Baywatch? No, I would I ne never dream of watching that. Never cared about the show. Why would I care about the movie? Uh, there's a, I guess, Cabin Fever remake. I, I, I'm aware of that. That's not good looking at all. That kind of looks like modern Eli Roth, if anything. Haunt? Did you see Haunt 2019? Haunt? Haunt Haunted House movie? Uh, it came up on Joe Bob's last drive-in, and I bowed out after about 20 minutes. Yeah. And then there's just Eli Roth's History of Horror. And I watched that too, and that was covertly... Like, ah, hey, aren't black people oppressed in horror movies? <laughs> what? Yeah. I was like, hey, wow. remember the guy from Friday the 13th Part 6 who's taking a shit in the toilet and then Jason kills him? Wasn't that racist? It's wow. like that, yeah. I was not expecting that at all. Okay. Well, I never saw it, and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, then there's uh, Eli Roth presents A Ghost Ruined My Life. 
Okay. Eli Roth percent my possessed pet. Okay. Uh, Eli Roth presents the Legion of Exorcists. The more you read this list off, the less respect I have for Eli Roth. Well, that's what I mean. I feel like he's like an industry plant. That well, has... he, here's what happened to him. Okay. Quentin Tarantino put his name on his movie and it made his career because he did Cabin Fever and Cabin Fever. There was a little bit of talk. There was some buzz about Cabin Fever. It was a different movie. It was an interesting movie. There's a funny N-word joke in it. You have a kid shouting pancakes. Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World is in it. And he's, he's actually doing something and not looking miserable, like his podcast tour for the Boy Meets World revival show that they're doing, you know, on Spotify. So, I mean, there was something to that. It was an interesting ball of things that only an independent young filmmaker, I think, would think about doing with their first film. Hostel comes along. He repeats a lot of those same steps and does a more cohesive and a better film. Quentin Tarantino sees it. He's like, I like it. I'm going to put my name on it because I like it. And he would do that back in the day. Chungking Express. You mean Quentin Tarantino's Chungking Express? Ch uh, Quentin Tarantino's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Quentin Tarantino's Hero, you know, all those movies. Right. He had, he had a, a full-on label of videotapes that was Quentin Tarantino Presents. Quentin Tarantino presents Hanabi, you know, and it would give these filmmakers a spotlight in the United States that they might not normally have. So he did that with Hostel. Hostel then blows up and becomes this big event film for the time back in what, 2005, 2004, something like that. And Eli Roth, I think, is of that mentality now where he's like, well, I can just put my name on a bunch of different projects that have nothing to do with me. And I'm doing the filmmakers a favor because now they can say Eli Ross blank and I'll get paid. It's keeping my name in the loop in Hollywood. It gives me something to do. It makes sense. But the, the product of that, and honestly, if, if he existed in any other genre except for horror, where Mick Garris is looked at as like an, as a legend, legend. <laughs> you know, the legend Mick Garris who directed the Langoliers, um, then Which we'll be covering in the future. We probably Luke, will. Be. Luke. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to take a look at that. Uh, his career would be on the decline. But the only thing that can really put you on the decline is not delivering a good movie or letting the studio interfere too much. That's why John Landis doesn't really work anymore. John Carp Did you see the John Carpenter show on Peacock by any chance? Suburban Screams? Yeah. Nope. What an embarrassment. John Carpenter ought to be ashamed of himself. And everybody's always rallying around him like, yeah, isn't it cool? He's like 69 years old and he loves doing nothing. He doesn't care about filmmaking anymore. Isn't that he fucking likes, badass? He likes video games like I do. It's pathetic. Cool? <laughs> it's disgusting. Honestly, John Carpenter fucking sucks. Um, and so Eli Roth, I think, is going down that same trajectory where it's like the dollar matters more than the art. He already accomplished whatever he felt compelled to do as a young filmmaker and now he's working on shit i i mean i think that's a little unfair on john carpenter nah <laughs> what, it's not what? it's not no it's okay. not he hasn't made What's... a good movie in 40 years and he doesn't care at all about anything oh, no. he does i just mean the comparison of uh, eli roth because you're right eli... eli roth has more integrity what is eli roth's escape from new york or halloween or you know the fog even which is a fun 70s rump rump what is what is <laughs> <laughs> you know uh i think like yeah if you still 
like if you still care about what George Carpenter is doing other than his music, which I still enjoy. Past, but is he doing the music? Is it actually him even doing that music, or is it old music he did that his son is cleaning up? If you care about anything, John Carpenter, after they live, then it's kind of on you, I think, (laughs) because you have Escape from LA, which is fun, very bad, but it's fun. That's as, 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 as far as I go, but then you have what Ghost of Mars. And then just a bunch of who cares. Uh, I think, I mean, he's milking off his name, which which Eli Roth has been doing for years. But I think comparing, like, what's Eli Roth's best movie, Hostel? And does that does that even get close to... I would watch Hostel before The Fog any day of the week. Would you watch Hostel before Halloween? Yeah, I have, and I did. Would you, okay, would you watch Hostel before uh, Big Trouble in Little? Yes, I would. And I, again, I have and did. Before Prince of Darkness? Yes. All right, well, okay, fine. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll give you that. I, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I, can, I can't think of like I, th- last... I think Hostel is also just a more subversive movie than many, if not all, of John Carpenter's films. Hostel tricks you. Hostel says, hey, here's this little generic boring guy, and he's our lead character. And actually, he's going to die halfway through the movie, and we're going to have the new Magnum P.I., the the fire starter from Suicide Squad. He's actually going to be our lead character. The mouthy one, that never happens in movies. That never happened in horror movies, especially to that point. That's a version there. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to to go with that with you on that one i still would prefer to watch any of those classic uh, we did a show and you guys can go into the archive right now we did three parts covering almost all of john carpenter's movies john carpenter let's be real now john carpenter has like five good movies out of what 30 and the uh, last the last good one was almost 50 years ago okay so might as well be talking about fucking i i don't know alfred hitchcock or fritz lang right now he's been dead right. for a long time let's name the good ones uh assault in precinct 13. not a good movie good. halloween the f- sure. escape from new york yes uh prince of darkness they no. live yes no you don't like prince of darkness i don't uh no. you don't like the you really don't like the fog the fog is just boring it feels like a stephen king movie without any bite or an interesting element it's just hey it never delivers on the premise of like hey it's ghosts in a in a foggy coastal town all right uh someone's watching me it's a great movie i have not seen that okay uh black moon rising that's not even i haven't yeah is that him that's a no hold on i'm I'm writing that's hold on that, who is that? Black Hold Moon on. Rising. All right, let's see. So you got uh, uh, Elvis. Elvis is great. Elvis is boring. I watched that Elvis movie after <laughs> watching Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, and that movie fucking sucks too. The Thing. The Thing is good. Christine. Christine is good. Uh, I don't want to say Starman because that I, that's I, not good. No. So Big Trouble in Little China, I really like. Overrated. M- Memoirs of an Invisible Man. I have not seen that, but you know what? I might like it because I like Chevy Chase. Chevy, yeah. That, uh, in the Mouth of Madness. Overrated movie. Village of the Damned. Not good. Vampire. 
Vampires. I I like Vampires. It's not a good movie though. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, Ghosts of Mars. No. I think no. It's it no. sucks. No. But okay. you skipped Sorry. Escape from L.A. on that list too. Well, we we've mentioned that one before, and I I it's it sucks, but it's fun. It's but it sucks. The war the ward is undefendable. I can't. That that's a, a big piece of shit. Uh, okay, so <laughs> what we're establishing here is that Eli Roth's hit rate is a higher percentage than John Carpenter's. The, uh, uh, let's let's no, all right, well let's no, go through Eli I Roth's right now. Okay, let's Eli go through, Roth. and I will, right, I will, I'll I prove this point it. immediately. And people, yeah, people are having a hard time accepting this in the chat. That's fine. You'll come okay. around to it. All right, so Eli Roth, yes. uh, shout aheads. Well, hold on, no, 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 we're not including. <laughs> sure, why don't we include to like practice makes perfect in my film arc? No, we're not doing that. I mean, it, was that ever released? I put out a 30 minute version on YouTube because that's all that was shot was 30 minutes worth of movie. Okay, so um, Hostel, the run. Oh wait, Cabin Fever. Cabin sorry. Fever Cabin and Hostel, we can establish both of those are good movies. I, I don't remember Kevin Fever, but I think I have a DVD of it somewhere. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Hostel, uh, Most uh, people argue that Hostel 2 is Eli Ross' best, best movie. I don't like Hostel 2, personally. I don't remember speaking. Hostel 2. What's it's Hostel, but with women. And that's okay. probably why they say that. That was a big message board take 20 years ago. Actually, you know, Hostel 2 is the better Hostel. Hostel 2 might be his best movie. And I don't remember. Hustle. I don't think it's bad. It's just not for me. Okay. okay. Green Inferno. I think Green Inferno is good. I don't think it's as good as what it promises as a movie, mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot there to like. The gore in it, the effects are all great. Um, and I think it's a more cohesive movie than, than his critics would probably give it credit for. But it's not the movie that... It, it you know tried to promote itself to be which is social justice warrior i mean it kind of yeah. is that now in retrospect it, it, i think it's it still is. kind of that but it was him being edgy back in 2013 when nobody else was even thinking that so i i think green inferno is a fun movie is a good it, movie. it's it's fine yeah uh knock knock i like i think knock good. knock's good so he's four five for five currently five for five Death Wish. I'm not gonna give you that one. You I haven't seen you should... it. I've seen it. I said it was good it. before I... we even started debating this no. point. That's six for six. No, I've seen it. I've seen. You've Bruce seen Willis's it. This is Death okay. Wish, and it's a big, horrible. Before he got dementia, but it looks like he's okay. got dementia. On it. So that all right, then it's a draw on Death Wish. We'll call that a stalemate. Let's remove it from the board. I'll give you all that right. one. As a matter of fact. Okay. Then you have the house with a clock in its wall. Haven't seen it. Neither of us have seen it. We'll remove that from the board. And then Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's not good. So he, that's his first dud, is Thanksgiving. And honestly, we could include the Grindhouse trailer in that filmography Wait, because IMDb. Yes, but IMDb and Wikipedia do that. I'm just saying, right now, it looks like four good movies, <laughs> one debated movie, one bad movie, one movie we haven't seen, which means... That's a pretty good success rate. Okay, well, I think uh, from Carpenter's movies. Uh, Look at fella in the chat says Hostel Two might be his best. There's a lot of love for Hostel Two here. 
again There's one coming <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them i like that you pick the one that agree with you but not all, everyone else is hey i've one. said listen i've said i don't like hostile too i will say it's it's fine as a movie though okay right okay uh i i just yeah i don't i don't i'm not gonna go with you on that one um, you don't have to but it the proof is in the pudding here someone break that down into a percentage please now, obviously, uh, John Carpenter has directed like five times as many movies as Eli Roth. Yeah. Eli Roth also did a shark documentary. And I'm sure that's good because how can you fuck up a documentary? But John, uh, yeah. uh, John Carpenter fucked up a documentary. The Suburban Scream Show, if we're going head to head for 2023. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's too dark oh, now. It's too see, dark that's what, that's I'm getting scared. Happens. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Okay. It's the Thanksgiving ghost coming now, for you. Now I'm living in the thing. Oh, no. Is that is that uh, Dr. Dreamy or what is his name in that show? <laughs> Patrick Dempsey coming for you? Uh-oh. Hey, you just spoiled a movie there, pal. Oh, no. That's not good. Anyone that's going to watch Thanksgiving has just got it spoiled. Anyway, so Jerk Carpenter is not as good as Eli Ross. John, so can... all right. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I don't, but I'm not gonna get you to. So whatever, it's fine. I have a, I have a very soft spot for most John Carpenter movies. That probably, if I rewatched just like everything I rewatch, I probably won't like as much as I did when I originally watched. So I don't even want to fight you on that because that's probably what what would happen. Which is why I don't rewatch them. Um, but uh, I understand that you want to defend your Massachusetts bro uh, on this, so 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 let's agree to disagree on this. Your favorite? I'll agree that I'm right. I think I'm right. I think the people. It, all right, one's in the chat. If you agree with my point, two's in the chat. If you agree with Hans's point, okay. Okay. We'll see how the vote breaks down. They're gonna side with you, but ultimately, my <laughs> point will win the day. They'll all come around to this in about two two to four months. Okay? Yeah. I don't uh, think Carpenter now, gets enough hate. I mean, he should. Uh, because of the last 30 years of his career, I think it's just very lazy, very living off the living off the glories from the 80s where he, I guess, got, I don't even... I can't even say glory because his movies were never like mainstream successes, right? Or at least it doesn't feel like that. that oh, I, I think they were, they were pretty mainstream. I mean, Halloween is... The most notable successor or, or whatever because he shot it for a million dollars and it made millions it upon millions of bucks but it, it, it invented a genre kind of right it kind of well you know they debate that point but obviously i think halloween was the front runner there regardless yeah. of whatever you know maybe they'll say oh it was black christmas yeah but yeah was it yeah it was this bella lugosi movie from 1940 it was the zombie walks sure it was yeah so now if we're able to move on to what a horrendous piece of shit this thanks movie was i think we can agree both on the fact that it sucks and i i I guess people are bored of or don't know what to go see the cinema for them to make as much because you said he's made a lot of money. I don't know how much money he made. Let's let's take a look right now. I know it's probably going to make its budget back and it kind of feels like they softened the movie to prepare for sequels because uh, we, we haven't even really dove into Thanksgiving just yet. Yeah, but I do have a lot of problems with it for as much as I am uh, complimenting Eli Roth as a as a director and 
making this claim that he is better than John Carpenter. Thanksgiving, we talked about it at the, the start of the show. It's not just the style problems. I found a lot of story problems and a lot of character problems with this movie as well. And honestly, it kind of felt like Eli Roth forgot about some of his characters even. It's maybe a little too packed, a little too ambitious in trying to veer off in that scream direction, but it doesn't actually live up to what it's setting out to do. And I don't think yeah. that any of the characters are especially memorable at the end of the day. There's no, And I don't like the term final girl. I don't like the popularization of that. You know, I, I don't know why. It just kind of, I think all of horror culture is cringe and embarrassing, to be it honest sucks. with you. Yeah, it, it's really off putting. It, it's the same thing as Marvel MCU culture or Disney adults, where if you get like so obsessed with oh, the, this thing, it's it's just come on, like grow up. It's this immaturity that they're latching on to and using as an identity. But it's, it's the, like it's the same thing as like being a metalhead, but it's toothless. It's the same monster, but with a little bit of blood on it, uh, because I, I, I feel like that community um, it went from from interesting it went from underground to mainstream and then as soon as you turn something mainstream then it stops being interesting and what happened with horror was that if you're in the horror community or if you're a horror movie fan that you have to support every horror movie that comes out and then there's so much garbage that comes out that you're not allowed to speak ill of if you're belonging to that community or if you're fangoria or you're bloody disgusting uh person where everything that has a little bit of blood on it hey it's the best fucking movie in the world and then you watch it and it's a christmas bloody christmas which is unbearable to get through um as a and and i was a huge horror fan uh, in my early like 20s or 30s but then you also should be able to to see what they're trying to do or just kind of like well just because i like this genre doesn't mean that i need to support or say that everything that comes out Oh, this genre is good and from what we've seen in the past i want to say 20 years if not longer most horror things that come out are not good and the lack of critical thinking and critical uh opinion sharing uh to put it one way um when it comes to horror is just as bad as when a Marvel co movie comes out and you know there's going to be people that defend it even if it's a big pile of crap and the same thing happens with horror and that sucks because you should be able to hold the same standard even if it's a genre that you want to support or that you want to see more of this movie felt like I was watching the Scream TV show from MTV and I think you mentioned this maybe on the last episode where I'm not a huge fan of the screen franchise. Uh, I've, I haven't seen all of them. And the ones that I've seen, I'm just kind of like, okay, I guess it was, what, the 90s, early 2000s, so I get it, but I don't. What do you think um, about these new screen movies? Obviously, we've not discussed the fact that they got rid of the lead girl from Scream, aside from Jenna Ortega, because she supports Palestine. Right. And then Jenna Ortega also happened. A lot of people are like, well, isn't that convenient that she just so happened to quit? I think it was a money thing that was being discussed ahead of time. I don't think it has anything to do with this, personally speaking. Um, what do you think about that new crop of screen movies? Because I have no appetite for them. I have no interest. Um, I tried uh, because the, I knew there was a new one coming out. So I was like, hey, 
you should do that thing where you watch uh, all of the ones that come before it so that so that you're you know you you can watch it and have an idea of what's going on and then i started watching the first one and i couldn't get past half an hour uh and it suffers from the from like the same issue that i have with most eli roth movies where it's like who am i supposed to be rooting here for because i don't like any of these characters and i just and even when they that is not is not satisfying because i don't hate them enough but i also don't like them so that you're just kind of in the middle like i'm i'm kind of in the in indifferent you know if oh cool they were gonna go killed well that, that was a cool kill i guess uh and that's that's all you get uh i feel like this movie suffers from that a lot where they're trying to make you care for the characters but they don't really do anything to make you care for them other than hey you're supposed to be caring for this guy because care and i couldn't and i don't and um it, it's just very I, again if we go back to 80s movies, 80s slasher movies, where everyone's very disposable, fine. But I feel like that's a that's a pattern on, on modern horror where they don't understand uh, that, you know, if you want to get invested in a story, you kind of have to care for more than just seeing people get killed. And did you, can, can you remember the name of any of the characters in this movie? uh no no right. i can't actually so in the big thing too i think my problem is you know if these were just popular movies then whatever you know so be it but it's also the fact that critics critics the fake critics out there the movie critics that have like four readers on their live journal and somehow get accredited on rotten tomatoes will give these movies outstanding reviews thanksgiving for example has the highest percentage on Rotten Tomatoes of Eli Roth's career at 85%. 85%. Let's take a look at what Gone with the Wind has. It probably has like a 93%. So Thanksgiving, Gone with the Wind, these are in the same conversation. And this is why Rotten Tomatoes is meaningless these days. Yeah. This is why it's looked at as, you know, an embarrassment and you can't trust it. And yet movies will still put that little certified fresh on their posters when they're out at the theater. I've seen that. I've seen it like this week. So Rotten Tomatoes, you can't trust it, of course. The critics seem to have a, a, a duty of propelling these horrible movies. And I think the Scream, the modern Scream sequels that have nothing to do with Wes Craven, I think that is some of the, the worst of it and the most like fitting example of what that is. So I don't know. I think Thanksgiving just so happens to fall into that, that category of this movie is very disposable. And we just haven't had a movie of this size um, in a while, I guess, aside from Scream 5 and 6. So they're going to be excited about it and they're going to propel it and they're going to talk about it. And um, the YouTube critics are going to reinforce those opinions, too. So, But I don't. Yeah, I guess. And and uh, something that I wrestle with a lot um, Men? whenever I whenever I watch. No. Whenever, not anymore. Whenever I watch something modern, is that um, that I just think, is it that I just don't like movies anymore? Is it that it's just impossible for me to enjoy anything anymore? Because <laughs> I I feel like every time I watch anything modern or anything that's been produced lately, I find so many issues with it that I think, okay, if if me who's never I've never directed anything of worth or anything longer than ten minutes. If I'm able to see all the issues that it has and like the 
inability that I have to connect with them when there's other things that that I'm able to connect to from years ago? Is it just that I come into these movies with an already negative predisposition but it's it's not like i i enjoyed the trailer for this i enjoyed the trailer that came out with the greyhound so i was like okay something fun something cool could come out of this i'm not expecting anything deep i'm not expecting you know an, an engaging or well i i do expect an engaging story but i don't expect anything to you know to go that deep into into characters or anything like that but then what you get is so watered down and so like I'm trying to force the audience to care about what's going on, but they don't do anything in the movie to make you care for it. So then you're just like, all right, so where is my connection with anything that's happening or anything that's going on? Then you have people like Patrick Dempsey, who is one of the main characters. The sexiest man of the year you're talking about here, so be careful what you say. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so am I supposed to care... That he's in here, and then when the reveal (spoiler alert) he's the bad guy. He's like the dangerous, strongest man in the world that's able to slice people's faces off uh, with like just a quick swing of an axe. I just—it's just not believable. And I—I don't. Well, here's my problem with with Patrick Dempsey's character in this movie is not the believability of him being the killer. Uh, I kind of felt like, where are they going with this? I, they set it up so you could believe that a couple of different characters are potentially the killer of the film, the John Carver Pilgrim character, and they don't really lead anywhere. It's in the first three or four minutes. There's a couple of throwaway lines that they tie back in at the very end and over-explain to you what the motivation of the killer is. And the way that they wrap it up feels very rushed and unfortunate, especially since kind of um, similar to this movie as a whole, where they sell you on the idea of what Thanksgiving was in that Grindhouse trailer, and then you show up finally after 16 years or something like that, you get this very watered down Eli Roth defanged film. You have that moment where John Carver has all of these characters lined up at the dinner table in this Texas Chainsaw Massacre style house. And he's about to feed them this woman, this this uh, mother character, stepmother character to the lead uh, protagonist. He doesn't go far enough with it. He backs off of it. And it's a total ruined orgasm moment for the movie where you could have this really disturbing scene where he's feeding, forcibly feeding this woman to everybody. But he doesn't do that. He has the lead girl escape. One character dies, right? They kill one character. The lead girl then escapes and runs out of the house. And he doesn't give a shit about anybody else. He lets them live. He just escapes. He fakes being injured by the side of it. Somehow he manages to beat her there and do all and get the fake blood and everything. And he's doing that. And then you, you know, you have these other characters, these two boyfriend characters. She's got an ex-boyfriend who's black or native american or latino i don't know what the fuck he is he's all over the place with his ethnicity and then the rich kid preppy boy who you could conceive could be the killer and he eli roth kind of just forgot both of those guys existed especially the the replacement boyfriend you know so i it's a mess it's a total mess and slashers at least had back in the day in, in the 90s 
they had the mentality of like, we got to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to go. But who dies in this movie? Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon gets killed. Ooh, um, by the way, I enjoyed him. I like Tim Dillon was, in this movie. He was just playing Tim Dillon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was, I mean, I didn't really care for his death. I thought that was kind of lazy. Uh, the stabbing on the on his stomach and then the the I like that they cut his head off but uh but I I kind of wanted to see more of that character we didn't really get that much right um, it's a it's a it's kind of a cameo at the beginning and yeah. then they go back to him and another character that were almost totally inconsequential to what happened so we didn't even really set up the premise of the movie the premise of the movie is white people looting on Black Friday which hasn't happened in how many years because they don't have those deals anymore since the first thanksgiving really <laughs> yeah yeah that guy was we were talking about this on the last episode where it's like hey remember 2008 2010 where like people would get ki- killed going for black friday and now it's like hey you got 20 percent off on the tv so no one even rushes anything everything is online uh but that that that's the thing like okay so why even bring this character that's inconsequential to everything then on that scene with when you have the the uh black friday madness happening in the store a couple of people died in 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 questionable ways where you just kind of how did you feel about those deaths because you have gina gershon who has like a chunk of her hair ripped from her scalp and then she's run over and like somebody has stepped i kind of liked all of those kills i mean honestly i liked all the kills in this movie but i just didn't really care for the consequence. I mean, there there's very little consequence, honestly, for many of those kills. That's the biggest problem, I think, because, okay, so show me gore. I I enjoy gore. Show me this very visual. Show me the gore this. for the characters that matter. That's the big thing for me. Tim Dillon yeah. and that female Tim Dillon weren't really meaningful characters at the beginning. They were security guards who didn't do their job. So I get why they would be killed. But for an hour and 40 minute movie, that's pretty tight. You could have killed about seven of the characters that live in this. Like you, you have a a horror movie, in my opinion, should never go over one or two survivors. I think you got to keep that survivor count pretty low. Okay. So then when a lot of people do happen to survive, it's a rarity. That's always how it was now. They're thinking franchise in mind. Now it's a series. Now it's a Netflix show. Now yeah. it's you know. Now we're doing holiday specials on the BBC. So I hate that. I ha- I hate that mentality. You have three or four high school students who live. Both boyfriends live. Her dad live. Why have her dad live? Why have it, him die? It, she can inherit the supermarket, and you can play it out that way. You know, do do that. Why are you holding on to these people? Also, did you at any point feel like they were just doing, I know what you did last yes. Thanksgiving? Yes, it was, honestly, it, it was that and it was Scream merged into one movie. But again, it was toothless. It was not yeah. Eli Roth going full throttle, which he's known to do. Maybe he's doing that to like prove something to himself that he can scale it back. But then this is not the movie for that. That was the house with the clock in its walls, which is for children. Go do it there. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it, I, I thought, or I don't know why I thought this, but it, this might be like an original concept where you take advantage of the the whole uh, Black Friday setting. I was kind of like, 
okay let's all right let's do this but then they also drop that right uh so the whole beginning of the movie like the first half hour it all happens on black friday and oh look at all these black friday things are happening and and people getting killed and people getting mauled and all these and people people are crazy because of their the deals or whatever and then that's kind of dropped and then we it turns into this uh eight six to eight teenagers that are like oh remember how last year people got killed and oh no they're tagging us on instagram posts and i was like really that's that's how they're supposed to hook you oh uh but there's a table with chairs that have our names on it is a thanks what do you think that means and i was just like who cares like the elements of and i and i guess honestly like first of all john carver who's the villain has an instagram account where he tags people instagram won't even allow you to say isis you think that account would yeah. last a day yeah and and uh it goes back to trying to um bring it to modern day and not knowing exactly how to do that so then it just feels very boomerish it feels very well, they, people are on the Instagrams, right? So, hey, Instagram, this. And it's just like, why, why do I... One big, big thing was that every time someone gets killed, oh my God, we got tagged on that Instagram page again. It's just like, there's no connection. I don't care. Like, that's not going to scare me. Like, that's not making me feel anything other than why are this... Again, I know what you did last summer-ish, but with Thanksgiving and... It might have been that I passively watched some of it, but do they have anything to do with what happened last Thanksgiving where people get killed? Or was there a reason why they were being chosen? Well, yeah, this? yeah, because they were allowed into the store and given first dibs on all the electronics and what have you. So the guy was bitter. And Patrick Dempsey was seeing Gina Gershon. He was mad that she died because she was this is the most startling revelation gina gershon who's like 55 years old was pregnant with his child and that's why he did it that's why he fucking killed everybody she was pregnant as if her old aging womb wouldn't have done that baby in anyway but it's also who cares it's 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 a lack of uh, make me care you know, make me want to see this character. Are you sure you're just not empathetic enough, Hans, for a movie Maybe. like this? Maybe my, you know, tism doesn't let me empathize with annoying teenagers that have zero redeeming or likable qualities that I could care for. And everyone's just very annoying. And oh, I'm a football player, so I'm stupid. Oh, great. I hope that guy said, oh, he survived. That's wonderful. Great. Kill them. You know what I mean? Like, at least be brave enough to do that. But, but like you said, at the end, there's so many people that are just that just survive, and he's like, also, the cop out with the carry ending. Well, he does this in Green Inferno, also, doesn't he? I don't remember. I did. I honestly, this ending really did. So when we saw how the movie unfolds where Patrick Dempsey very conveniently like a Bond villain explains it. And honestly, I'm not even criticizing it for that. It's a slasher movie at the end of the day. Yeah. It should maintain, it shouldn't be an intellectual slasher right. film. That would be kind of off-putting, I think, and pretentious in a way that is not a good thing. Um, but, you know, he does deliver his rationale at the very end of the film as to why he killed everybody and she's live on instagram or something at the time they must have had a deal with instagram 
and got some funding. But she's she's broadcasting it live, and then there's a fire that breaks out. She gets away. Um, and then at the very end of the movie, you know, it's kind of settled, like, yeah, I guess everybody's alive. But he got away. They do note he got away. And they do allude to, oh, he's going to be coming back as a burnt man now. In case we can't afford Patrick Dempsey for the second movie, we can throw a burnt man prosthetic on the face. Yeah. You know, that was their workaround, I think. Very clever. Not clever enough, yeah. Eli. And um, then he appears in the closet and hugs her. Right. They do the Friday the 13th fake out of, yeah, he grabs onto her, you know, and... um I was hoping once it did have this very quick resolve that we'd actually have a real ending to the movie, but there isn't one. It's this fake out that they end on similarly, I believe in Green Inferno. Green Inferno has a similar ending. Knock Knock might even have a similar ending to that. So I don't know. I, I didn't appreciate that. I didn't enjoy that ending. It was very clear. He knows that they're probably going to get a sequel to Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's just a cop out. It's just very lazy, I think. What do you very... think about cop out? very wow talk about a movie i haven't seen in like 20 years. good bruce willis double feature is death wish and yeah. cop out it's a good uh uh tracy morgan where is he but is he alive still tracy morgan well he had a stroke and then he became retarded for a while but now he's back and he's got a special on hbo i think nice he's got a podcast now cool uh yeah i uh we're gonna I have tracy it. morgan on the show next week by the way this is just covert advertising for that show yeah we're doing cop out next week with tracy uh, does he remember doing cop out is the question does bruce remember kevin, doing cop out do either of them we should get kevin smith on. we should do a trivia night out. we should do a trivia night with bruce willis and tracy morgan to see who remembers more <laughs> about shooting cop out I think we should just have Kevin Smith and watch him cry as he remember his experience with Cop Out and how he was completely emasculated by a. Is Kevin Smith a better director than John Carpenter? Oh, I'm I'm about to leave this <laughs> Zoom call. Well, I think it's worth analyzing. I think Kevin Smith has the more recent uh, quality of films. What? Where? Clerks Three? I I I said Clerks Three was the twelfth best movie of last year. Yeah, I know. Which talks about 2022 more than anything else, I think. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that 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 ending, it just it just reeks of like no commitment to the bit, and and that's my problem with with uh, a slasher movie like this, where it's like, okay, so let's let's come up with a ruthless killer. That uh, I honestly missed the the whole pregnant thing. I. Just now, like I missed it that. too until I rewatched the movie on one, two, three movies because I was 30 mi minutes late for the film. And shockingly, I didn't really miss anything. It must have been 30 minutes of trailers, which I have no idea what they would stick in front of this movie. But I missed Patrick Dempsey showing up at Thanksgiving dinner at Gina Gershon's house. And there's a very quick throwaway line. None of it feels very grounded and established and thought out. He, you know, he's talking to Gina Gershon's husband, who's like this burly lumberjack guy who, you know, he's friends with. And she has a line like, oh, yeah, I won't, I bet you won't be single for long, for much longer. And we're supposed to glean something from that, that line. We learn in the last 20 minutes that he was fucking her, got her pregnant. She's going to leave her husband for him. Good friend. Yeah, yeah that's a. That's a slasher that you want to root for, or this. It's not even bad enough to dislike it. That's the thing. 
a lack of connection with any aspect of this movie, I think, is my big problem. My biggest problem, where it's just like, okay, so it started. Do I care about anything that happens in it? No. And then it ends. You're just kind of like, oh, cool. So you want to get me back for the sequel, but I don't care about anything that just happened in this hour and a half movie. So why would I come back? And it's I didn't know that it was getting such a good reception online because i don't understand why it would uh but it i guess it follows the same uh, track of as long as it's a horror movie and it's big then it's just going to get a lot of positive feedback and a lot of positive critics uh criticism and um completely disagree with all of that again just like it always happens with these you know big horror movies that have come out in the past five 10 years well i think it's just part of the modern culture of film where you're gonna anticipate that the film critics who obviously don't know fucking anything they're gonna start pushing these types of movies and they're gonna play it gradually safer and safer until it becomes this sort of marvel type thing i think that's really the next phase of popular film in america people are wondering now that the marvels has bombed and disney's actually feeling the heat a little bit. Like, what is the next wave going to be? And I think it's going to be horror movies just like this that play out not dissimilar to some of your favorite Marvel franchises where I think everyone's just very hung up on categorization and having things very neatly lined up and connecting into this and that and that. You know, that's why things like Letterboxd are, are taking off this this past year and a half, two years or so, is people like the organization of things and it kind of goes in the face of any sort of artistry with film which should be spread out and I, I, I not abstract necessarily, but I think it needs to be fluid. And this just feels very algorithmic. You know, it feels very designed, very made in a machine. And that's unfortunate to come of somebody like Eli Roth. Yeah. Your favorite Massachusetts director. Well, he's no, he's maybe like top, five for Massachusetts directors. I don't know. We, I would have to go down the list. I'd have to take a look at who is, I mean, I'm my favorite Massachusetts director, first mm. of all. Um, second, uh, I don't know. Who else is from Mass? I don't know. Louis C.K. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> favorite comedian, favorite human being. He is my favorite, favorite human being. Um, have you watched anything else recently? Because I did thanksgiving and then i watched the holdovers which is a much better holiday massachusetts film and it kind of feels like you could have a a movie b movie pairing with these two no i don't even know what that is so thanksgiving kind of feels like a prequel to the holdovers because the holdovers takes place in massachusetts around christmas and new year's eve and stars paul giamatti it's directed by alexander payne oh. who i don't think has made a bad movie I don't, I don't know. I'd have to go down that list and think about it. Maybe downsizing, but I haven't seen downsizing. I'm just assuming that one's mm -hmm. bad. You know, it was not a movie I was intending to watch because it just kind of, I don't know. There's nothing exciting about the holdovers. I know, I knew it was probably going to be good, but then after Thanksgiving disappointed me, and then I watched Next Goal Wins, the Taika Waititi movie, and I know everyone hates Taika and he's obnoxious for any number of reasons, but I thought this movie could have been like a, a fun, cool running sort of film, you know, a throwback to that whole era of 
hey, we got to get the team that sucks in gear and do the thing that we can't do. But that movie really was not good. It was so, it was like below, I don't want to use the term mid, but it was slightly below mid. Yeah, I don't have any funness for his directing at all. I think uh, what we do in the shadows is probably the best, though the one that I enjoyed the most. I don't even know if he directed it. Uh, yeah, he did. He did the movie of that. Okay. Mm. And that the TV show is all right, too. I just, I didn't continue watching it but uh yeah i i, I wouldn't expect anything coming from him well from yeah him i don't think i don't think he's a bad director i thought boy the movie was good um what else did he do he did oh jojo rabbit was good i haven't seen that uh you know he's he's done more hits than misses for sure i think just getting caught up in working for disney has made him it's pushed him out into the spotlight more and made him a less tolerable character in terms of Hollywood, you know, and I don't think it necessarily reflects on his filmmaking. Those Thor movies, I won't even bother with those. I haven't watched those. I will never watch those. They're not real movies. So I can't speak on on those films, but he's fine. I don't I don't think he's a bad director. I think he's somebody who has a fair amount of talent. And with Next Goal Wins, I, I saw the trailer to it. I, I read the synopsis to that film. And I was like, all right, well, this might actually be good. This could be like a good bounce back for Taika Waititi. And Michael Fassbender hasn't been in anything for like 10 years. So he's got that in the killer this year. And it was, it, it sucked. It, it, I mean, it was well made. The comedic beats don't really work. The inspirational aspects are kind of sawed off because the team is looked at as so pathetic. Like they almost paint Michael Fassbender to be not a positive character or protagonist because he actually tries to instill work-based ethos in them and not just like have fun. And the way that he does rev them up at the end is like, yeah, who cares about this game? Just go out there and have fun. And that's like, that's what got them in trouble in the first place like that's not effective coaching and i'm sure that guy is it's like the real guy and it's based on a true story i'm sure that guy is a real solid coach but that's not what you would glean from the character in this movie and there's a lot of aspects to him that come out of nowhere and we're just expected to go along with it it was very sloppy it was very um forgettable too at the end of the day yeah i don't even know what that is I'm really completely out of the loop for that, but uh, well, but the, yeah. the premise was it was an American Samoan soccer team that has never won a game ever and hardly ever scored any points. I guess they recruit a top-notch soccer player to come and train them how to uh, at least score one goal. That's they they make a note of that. Don't bother with trying to win; just try to score one goal. And as it turns out, he got moved because the boss of the league is fucking his ex-wife, who he had uh, a lost child with. You know, their kid died and she started fucking his boss. Typical woman, you know. Um, isn't that what Napoleon is about? Uh, I have, I've, I've seen a lot of negative comments about the Napoleon movie. I still want to see it, but uh, it's just a lot of horror buffs, I guess, being like, this is not what happened. Horror buffs. I mean, horror history buffs. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 complaining that you know he took the nose off the Sphinx in Egypt. 
something along those lines. He started enslaving Egyptians and making them work for him. Is that what happened with Napoleon? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so next goal wins. That was a dud. You can skip it. The Holdovers was very good, though. The Holdovers was an enjoyable movie. I would recommend that if you're going to go see anything at the theater for the holiday season this week, go see The Holdovers. And if you got to do a double feature, maybe Thanksgiving and The Holdovers, it does work together, you know. But um, anyway, that's been our, our live show for tonight. Is there anything you want to part ways with you want to give a uh a plug to anything aside from patreon.com slash low sign up in the five dollar tier and access the last episode we just recorded it was not live we covered the curse the new benny safty nathan fielder show on paramount plus we talked about a couple of other things as well yeah um uh don't give more money to eli roth and his movie <laughs> Watch it on one to three movies like me, where every five minutes you get the the black guy blending money, which is great. It's the best part of the movie. And then sluts. It's great. We love sluts. That's right, Hans. Okay. All right. Well, that has been movies for this week. Again, $5 tier, patreon.com slash lowers, exclusive episodes and video episodes of the program. We will see you next week. Uh, and we'll also have an episode of B-Bang. Go subscribe to B-Bang on Spotify. Give us five stars. All right, that has been Movies for this week. Thank you for...